Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Well, we're in a series called The Story, and if you're here for the first time, we're really glad that you're here at LifePoint. My name's Donnie Williams. I'm one of the pastors here. I'd love to meet you after the service. I'll be right down front along with our site pastor here, Rob Perry. We'd just like to talk to you and hear a little bit about how you found your way here to LifePoint today. So going through school, I had uh, several teachers that, that I remember. How many of you have a teacher that you remember what he or she taught you? You remember because maybe they taught it in a creative way or that they developed a relationship with you or they made this really boring topic seem somehow interesting. I mean, we've all had teachers like that. And we've also had teachers who could make a very interesting topic seem very boring. And you just had to kind of get through the class. You know, there are those that come along. I remember telling my kids when they were a little younger and they would have a teacher that just wasn't quite what they needed to be. I would say, this is life. You just got to learn to deal with this. Well, today we're looking at a section of scripture that talks about the kind of teacher that Jesus was. So we've learned about how Jesus came on the scene. We've learned about Jesus's mission. And today we're going to learn about how Jesus taught. How did he teach in such a way that large crowds continually followed him? How did he teach in such a way that got thousands of people to somehow follow him around that region of the country in the Middle East and listen to what he had to say? Jesus would not have been the only teacher on the scene. There were lots of teachers in the first century going around trying to gather followers. So what made him different? What made people listen to him when they didn't listen to others to the same extent? There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. Just raise your hand if you would like one. Ushers will give you one at yours to keep. You can follow along in there or you can look on the screen as I read from God's word today. So as Jesus began to teach, just like many other teachers did, people quickly discovered there's something different about him. He's not just a regular rabbi. He's not just a regular teacher. There's something something unique. In fact, in the book of Mark chapter 1, it says these words. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Now, Mark, Jesus' disciple who wrote this account of Jesus' life down, was trying to give us a contrast between... Jesus taught this way, and the teachers of the law taught another way. And there was something amazing about Jesus' teaching that was not amazing about their teaching. In other, he's in a nice way saying they were really boring. Because all the teachers of the law would have done was read the law. If I just said, today we're going to just read the law, that's boring. Who wants to do that? That's what they did. They just read the law. And they say, and he said, Jesus taught differently. He taught with authority. It had something behind it. It wasn't just words coming from somebody's mouth. It wasn't just listen to me because I'm a rabbi. It was something that had an authoritative sound to it and yet drew you in and made you want to listen. One time, one of the teachers of the law thought they would trap Jesus and they said, tell us the most important command because they had 613 different commands that they taught. That's exciting, isn't it? They probably read those off to people on a regular basis. And so a teacher of the law said to Jesus, tell us what the most important one is. And he goes, I'll give you two. It's love God 
and love people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbors yourself. All the law hinges on these two, Jesus said. So he just summed up. I mean, so imagine how much shorter Jesus' teaching would have been than everybody else's. So they were like, I, I'm, I like him much better. They got 613, he's got two. I'm going to go with Jesus. And so Jesus started to teach and drew people in, and he taught in such a way there were, there were layers upon layers, and to one person it, it made him feel one way, to another person it made him feel another way. And if you've ever read a section of Scripture, if you read Scripture a lot in your life, you know that over time you can read it again and think, I never really saw that. It meant something different. I can go back to, I still have the Bible that I started reading when I accepted Christ in college, and, and I, I've still got that on my shelf, and I open it up sometimes, and I look at the things I highlighted <clears throat> and think about what they meant to me then versus what they mean to me now. It was just, it's like another layer. That's how you can read one verse one day or one time, and then a month, a year, 10 years, read it again and think, how did I miss what that meant? It's just Jesus' teaching has layer upon layer, and you learn one thing, and it unlocks another layer. It's, it's kind of like Candy Crush. I don't play Candy Crush. I can't. I spent the eighth grade playing Pac-Man. That's back when you had to put quarters in a machine. I probably spent 800 bucks that year. Rehab in the ninth grade, so I got past it. No more Pac-Man, no more video games for me. But one day, I'm asking my wife. She's sitting over there in the chair. I said, honey, who are you texting? And she's like, I'm playing Candy Crush. I'm not texting. It's like, that is a long, in-depth conversation. And I get requests all the time, all the time. Hey, join me in Candy Crush. I say no to all those. I just can't do it. Sorry. You can stop sending me those requests. But Jesus' teaching was like that. There's another layer. Every time you learn something he gives you an opportunity to take it a little bit deeper. And one of the most common ways that Jesus taught was through telling stories. The Bible calls them parables. A parable is just Jesus telling a story that relates to life, that you can find yourself in. The word parable comes from a Greek word, which is what the New Testament was originally all written down in. And it, the, the word that is derived from parable is derived from means to lay things out side by side. So when Jesus tells stories, what he wants us to do is listen to the story and lay our life out beside of it so we can find ourselves in the story. And so Jesus is attracting followers. People are starting to follow him. And if you've ever noticed, if you've ever read in the New Testament, there are many times when it says there were a lot of crowds traveling with Jesus. Large crowds were behind him. And when you see that, get out your highlighter. You know, zoom in on your screen. Because every time it says a large crowd was traveling with Jesus, what follows is some teaching that helps those people understand who he is and understand what he wants to do in their life. Because I'm sure he looked around and said, wow, there's a lot of people. They need to know what this is all about. They really need to understand what I'm trying to communicate. So Jesus would talk in these parables and he would tell stories that they would understand. He would talk about, about camels and coins and trees and seeds and dirt and sons and fathers. And he would tell these stories that make people go, oh, yeah, I, I get that, I understand. So in Luke chapter 8, he starts telling this one story and it starts out like this in verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. 
So Jesus looks at this large crowd and he tells them his story. And the unique thing about this story, like all other stories Jesus tells, you can find yourself in the story. The story he's about to tell is, is told to help people get some clarity about how they can line their life up with the teachings of Jesus. And so he looks at this crowd and he says, <clears throat> a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. He's saying, if you can hear me, listen. This story is not about seeds and dirts and farmers. It's about you. Now, to them, they would have immediately said, oh, yeah, I sow seed. I, that's how I eat. Today, we eat because we go to Food Lion or Harris Teeter or something. So it doesn't quite grab our attention the way it did theirs because he's talking about something that was relevant, that they dealt with every single day. And so he's talking about this farmer who goes out to sow seed. And he's saying, listen, if you're here, you can hear my voice. Listen. And his disciples have a question. Very next thing is they, they ask him a question. Now, Jesus' disciples were, the Bible says this, that they were uneducated fishermen. So they were, had no education, they were fishermen, and they were from the country. All right? So there's three things that, that they got going on. And so I can imagine the conversation. They hear Jesus tell this story, and they're like, what's that mean? What does that mean? And one of them probably got the courage to go up to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, uh, me and him was talking. And uh, yeah, we don't, you remember that story you told? Yes. Uh, we don't get it. And Jesus says, it's okay. I'm going to give you the secret. I'm going to tell you what it means. Jesus said, I speak in parables so that Though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. And they probably still were like, what? Huh? Jesus uses unlikely people to do big things. What Jesus is saying is, everybody isn't ready to hear what I have to say. See, Jesus told stories when he could have just laid it out. He didn't have to tell the story about the farmer and the seed. He could have just laid it out and said, Here's the things I don't want you to do. And here's the things you must do. But he didn't do that. He could have very simply spewed facts to them. But Jesus knew if transformation was going to come, it wasn't going to come through spewing out facts because they had had hundreds of years of facts, hundreds of years of God's law, hundreds of years of in-depth biblical or scriptural study. And it didn't transform lives. Jesus knew he wanted to communicate in a way that would transform their life. When we decide what we're going to teach at church, when our teaching team gets together and we think about what do we need to share with people? How do we need to communicate it? Honestly, the last thing on the list is what information do I want to get into people? I think about, Rob thinks about, 
What can we share with people that they can experience and they can wrestle with in their minds and in their heart that causes them to go out and live differently? If you just want information, I can give you some books this thick written by people a lot smarter than me that will just give you information. But what we want to do is the same thing Jesus was trying to accomplish. We want to give people an opportunity to be transformed. So therefore, Jesus didn't just say, go do this and go do that. He told a story that would help people step back and kind of wrestle with what he said, find themselves in it, walk away thinking about it, and hopefully be transformed by it. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Truth I discover is stronger than truth I am told. I could tell you, you need to do this and this and this and this. And it would be scriptural. But you need to discover that on your own. My mom could tell me, don't get on the roof of our 80-year-old house that we live in because it's weak and you'll fall through. But did I listen? No. No. I got up on the house anyway because it was low to the ground. It was easy to get up for a young boy. And sure enough, my feet fell through the roof. And I discovered the truth. She's right. <laughs> See, there's some people that are rule followers. And some people, they, just got, they have to experience it for themselves. Jesus wants us. Of course, if you're a rule follower, you have a lot less regret. But Jesus wants us to experience the truth and not just have it told to us. And so he's giving seeds of truth wrapped in a story, and some people heard it, and some people didn't. But the goal was, give them this story so they can find themselves in it, walk away thinking about it, and it can transform their lives. So the disciples are starting to say, all right, we get it. I understand now. And Jesus said, I'm going to go one further, guys. I'm going to explain to you exactly what this means. I'm only going to do this once, so listen up. And he says in Luke 8, 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Yeah, the seeds. Oh, I got it, Jesus. The seed is God's word. And then the soil is what? The soil is the hearts. It's people's hearts. So... You've got the seed, God's word, the soil, my heart. Okay, and then Jesus goes one further and says, let me explain each soil for you. Verse 12, he says, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so they may not believe and be saved. So just like the farmer throws out seed, and some just falls down on the path where he's walking, and never quite gets in, some people, maybe even people, maybe you're one of those people that you decided before you came here, I'm not into that. I'm just coming for her or him or them or because mama told me I was supposed to. But I, I'm really not going to let anything transform me. I really don't want it. And you've already decided that, look, this is closed off. Just make it Less than an hour or less, no, I can go. And this is closed off. So there are people who hear God's word and they just don't think anything about it. And Jesus is saying it can't get into their heart to save them, to change them, to transform them. And I have been at the deathbeds of people 
who have allowed God's word to transform their lives and people who refused it. It's a very different circumstance. Two people that I recall that I was at their deathbed and somebody said, go visit this person. I took them a Bible. I was really young, one of the first hospital visits I ever made. And I take this old guy, this New Testament, and I lay it down and said, hey, I brought you a Bible. And he went, blah. I was like, I got nothing. I don't know what to say after that. I'm 28 years old. I've never done this before. Is that good or is that bad? I assumed it was bad. He died not long after that. Another person that I was with them right before they died, just hours before their death, and I, I was just sitting, talking to them, trying to give them some words of comfort, and all they could say is, oh God, why is this happening? How can... And they were just in, in emotional just completely distraught and didn't know what to do. But then I've sat with this, especially this one individual who had lost his legs, who couldn't sit up, who had been removed from all the stuff and he was fully aware. And I said, is there anything I can do for you? And he said, if you could just read the Psalms, that would give me a lot of comfort. And I sat there and I read him the Psalms. But that wasn't the first time he had heard them. That wasn't the first time he had valued them. They were already in his heart. And Jesus is saying there's some people who just aren't going to let it get into their heart and they're just saying no. And he's looking out at this crowd saying, some of the people following us, guys, are like that. So you're going to preach and teach and try and do everything you can and their heart is just closed off and they're not interested and they're the seed that falls along the path. And if that's you, you've got to consider that... You might have to change some things about your life in order for God's word to get deep inside you. So Jesus talks about the second soil. He says, those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy and hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. What does that look like today? Well, even then, what did it look like? It looked like the people who were following Jesus because, have you heard about this guy that teaches differently? He's really cool. He's, he's great. And you've got to go hear him. All these people are around. It's a really great environment. It just feels good when you're there. And so they go. But then when the first difficult thing is said, the first hard saying or the first challenge, it's like, I'm out. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure about what he's got to say. It felt good at first, but now I'm not really sure. If you ask any teenager, have you talked to this person today? Now, they may say, yes, I have talked to that person a lot in the past week. But what they don't, what they don't tell you is talking doesn't mean talking all the time. It could mean talking, but it may not mean talking. Talking may mean this. I, I, I texted with people this week. I shouldn't, you know, I, I, I've got a relationship with them. No, not really. That's kind of a relationship of convenience. And that's what Jesus was trying to get at. This is a relationship, the seed's in their heart, but it's really just there for convenience. And when a time of testing comes, they fall away. And if you're ever going to understand God's word, it has to move beyond what you can get from him. And these people are the ones that are, that are just there to get. Feed me, Jesus. Tell me, Jesus. Show me, Jesus. They, they, they don't really want to like, really get the relationship out there where they're doing something. 
They just want to be there to get what they can get. That happened a lot in Jesus' ministry. There was an episode in the New Testament book of John, chapter 6, when Jesus gave some really difficult teaching. And here's what it says. From that time, many turned their back and no longer followed him. So some people will say, I'm with this. I love it. I'm with church. I'm with Jesus. I want, I want my life to go in that direction. That's what I want to see happen. And then they hear us say, take a next step. Do this. Try, try this out in your life. It's like, yeah, hold on a second. I don't know about next steps. I just like this. This is fun. And that's okay for a while. But that level of faith will not get you through the difficult times in life. That level of faith will not create the intimacy with God that needs to be created. Soil number three, Jesus said, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They do not mature. I noticed something just last week. We had the one nice day last week, walking up the front steps into my yard, and there are weeds. There's weeds in my yard. And I know why they're there. Because back in the fall, I decided I was going to do a little budget cutting. And one of the things that I cut was the lawn service that came and put all the chemicals and stuff on the yard to make it nice and green and pretty and weed free. And I thought, well, I'll just do that myself. It's cheaper. I'll go to Home Depot. I'll get the stuff. I'll spread it. I didn't do it. So, <laughs> I, so now it's going to cost more to get the weeds out. So, but I noticed and I thought, weeds always win. You can have the most expensive grass, the most expensive sod, and if you don't do something to cultivate it, weeds will win. If the the caretaker at the golf course is not out making sure everything looks nice and green and pretty, if that's not happening every single day, you know what happens? The weeds win. And Jesus is saying, there's people that they, they hear God's word, but it's It's sown in competition with other things. It's sown in competition with the rest of life. Like, I'm just going to make Jesus an additive to everything else that I do. And when he's just an additive to everything else that you do, he can't win. So with Jesus, it's all or it's nothing. Because it's not going to work. Because the weeds will always come up and they're going to choke you off spiritually unless you're cultivating a vibrant relationship with Christ. You won't mature if you've got all these other things competing for the spot Jesus wants to have in your life. But the last soil, it says, Jesus said, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a good, produce a crop. So what Jesus is saying is, their their faith is strong. There's something different about people who just open up their heart, allow God's word to get deep inside of them. It changes them. Now, does it make them free of issues, free of mistakes, free of not doing the right thing? Does it make them free from all the goof ups that can happen in life? Of course not. People who have God's word deep in their heart still deal with addiction. People with God's word deep in their heart will still have marriage issues, will still have friendship issues, will still have financial issues. But what God's word deep inside your heart does, it gives you the ammo you need when those things come into your life, when you really goof up, when you really go down the wrong path, and God's word is deep in your heart, 
you know where to get things back on track. You know how things, where you need to go to get things fixed. See, strong faith, if you, think of a, a person, the strongest faith you can imagine, somebody you know. Well, that didn't just happen. They didn't just wake up one day and go, I have strong faith. I have decided today I'm going to have strong faith. It's made strong by cultivating it, by making sure their heart stays open. Jesus would say fertile, that the soil is fertile and his word can be sown into their heart all the time. So when the difficult times do come in life, when the temptation for everything else to compete with God in my life comes up, I've got the ammo that I need, the depth that I need to get through it. In the smallest amount of God's word. I'm not saying you have to become a Bible scholar. You must become, you know, so you, you must pray 10 times a day. The smallest amount of God's word into your heart. That's why we tell people, hey, if you're just checking it out, keep coming. Because my goal every week is whoever teaches from this stage, we are all thinking, how can we get a small amount of God's word in somebody's heart that might send them out and transform the way they live? How can we do that? Because the smallest of amounts can transform an open heart in ways nothing else can. Just a small, you probably can't even see it, kernel, this small kernel of corn, if put into the ground and cultivated into ground that is fertile and ready to grow, this one seed can produce a plant with 1,200 new seeds. And Jesus is saying, yeah, there's a crowd of people following us, guys. There's a crowd behind us. There's a, there's a crowd listening, but only some of them are going to really allow this to get into their hearts. Because I think Jesus looked out at the crowds and thought, if you only knew how I could transform your life, the crowd would be a whole lot bigger than it is. If you only knew how the words I speak could get into your heart and change you, you would bring people with you. And if you only experienced that. So he's saying, line your life up with this story. And so as I, as I go through, I want to read through this story again. And I want you to find yourself and go away thinking about the story, the parable, and where does your life line up? Go ahead and put that, the whole parable back up. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he had said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. May you hear those words and may you line your life up and determine, well, where am I? And as you go today, think about which one of those soils represents my heart. You know that better than anybody else. And be motivated by the story of Jesus when you find yourself in it to take another step. Let's pray. God, thank you for your story and the way your son helps us find ourselves in the stories that he tells. And God, may just the story he told today help us evaluate where we are and what we need to do next. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.